Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind. And we are going to have we're going to have a spinning derby today because you're going to love my guest. She's just a dynamite lady. We met in the Jack Canfield days. And it was kind of like this. It was the um, in 2007, and we were at Jack Canfield's annual Breakthrough to Success, and I remember that we were buying coffee on a little wagon outside uh, just before we went into the event, and that's where I met this amazing woman, and you're going to enjoy listening to Janet as she shares about her life. But this is, it's a life, she's a typical life in that it's a life that we all have with transitions. How we go through those transitions is the challenge. But coming out on the other side is always so much more rewarding if we realize this is a transition. It is not an end. It is just the time of moving through from one spot of pain into a spot that's happier, more prosperous, more full of life. And we have so much to look forward to. So when I thought about calling Janet, I was so excited because I knew she would, she would be a guest that you'd really identify with and love. Now, Janet Wizawadi is a sought-after speaker, author, coach, and radio show talk host who gets to the heart of a subject and transforms lives. Janet has a passion for aiding people on a journey to self-discovery. After years of working in emergency services, she realizes the importance of connect families and communities to the midst of, in the midst of chaos. And that's when she founded Family Connect. Her inspiring stories capture honest audiences as they begin a journey that connects them with their greater purpose, no matter what has or has not happened in their lives. So, Janet, welcome to this, to second place, second week. Thank you, Joyce. I'm excited to be here. I always love talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll laugh a lot, won't we? We have so much fun together. I know. I have. I was reading your about you, and they said in here it starts off. Some of my friends call me a whirling dervish or the energy bunny, and I mm-hmm. so agree. <laughs> 
one afternoon with Janet and you need to rest the next day. <laughs> she's full of great ideas. She's got lots of knowledge and she just is a woman full of energy and lots of good wisdom. So um, I want them to sh- want you to share that that transition that you went through in your life when you were um, moving from one sad event to another. Well, Joyce, and you're, uh, I know you talk about second wind. Well, um, I'm probably on my third or fourth. And <laughs> my, yeah. mom, my mom used to say to me, she said, Janet, you're the only one I know that goes to plan B and C. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but going way back, like, uh, I was, an, you know, an adventurous teenager and always had things going, uh, but also didn't, wasn't very smart, or so I was told, right, in school and that. So I never finished high school. And uh, then the journey begins. I met my husband and got married, and he decided we should move all over the country. And uh, so, doing that you have to reinvent yourself every time you move mm-hmm. you you have to meet new people and and reinvent yourself and and then um i had the opportunity to work with the royal canadian mounted police which is uh our, our federal police force here in canada and um i became a police dispatcher and long story short there i uh, ended up uh after many, many years, I've got over 30 years now in the force, of, uh, with post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. And uh, didn't know I had it, had yeah. no idea. Um, I had been in a bad car accident and some things were happening and I just thought, okay, this is car accident stuff, I better get help. And yeah. when I sought help and found somebody that could help me, and I, I want to really stress to to any of your listeners if they've ever felt at that point, that don't work with the first person that you come to if you do not feel comfortable. Right. And that's right. what happened to me. I I met with somebody and I was that person was not for me. Yeah. And so I went in search of my my own help and my own psychologist and and my journey began there. And Jan- she says no this isn't accident stuff. So Janet, what were the signs that made that you were getting that told you something was wrong needed to be well, repaired as you know i'm i'm active right i'm yes. always on the go and my mind's yeah. going well what happened in the accident it made me sit in my and if i can say it sit in my shit i couldn't do anything i pulled all my abdominal muscles so i all i could do was sit and oh. uh, and during that time i uh, just memories started coming up and and uh it came to a point that uh i I found myself wishing I had died in that car accident. And that, mm-hmm. that was totally opposite of what, who I am. Right. And so, uh, and I had done enough personal growth stuff to realize that something was off. Right. And, but I had memories of, like, a police officer I'd worked with who had committed suicide. And, and having had spoken to him, like, about six months before that, I had a, an inkling of, of what his trauma was that that led him to that and just other things other calls that you take when you're an emergency dispatcher and no matter what field you're in if you're taking emergency calls you're dealing with the crisis right in that moment and as a dispatcher you hang up on that call you don't always know what happens next yeah. so you don't always have closure right. and so there were things like calls with children that I would 
I, I had kids, I had grandkids, and, mm-hmm. and I'd be wondering, like, are they okay? And it's yeah. hard to break that sometimes. And, and it can be any kind of trauma. It doesn't have to be a first responder. Anybody can have that kind of trauma. Right. So, but during so that such was a sign for me. Yeah. During such intense, you know, all I know is what I see on TV, you know, and you, mm-hmm. what could you believe of TV? But you see the intense relationship that one de- develops with a total stranger in a mm-hmm. very short time when you're mm-hmm. trying to help someone. And yeah, I can see that would be really difficult if you had just to, you had no, yeah, I can see that no resolution. That would be very frustrating. Yeah, so. and and with me, what I believe post traumatic stress disorder is is when you have an emotional attachment to an event. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can deal with just about any emergency, and you know it can go. Yeah, like I I dealt with suicide. I dealt with other things, and and they haven't haunted me. But the ones that like with children or somebody I personally knew, of course that. That is a, a bigger attachment to me, and and a little harder to rationalize and let go. Yeah. And uh, so I was on a journey to to wellness because uh, we all have a choice, right? Uh, just like you say in your second one, we have a choice whether to go through that second one. Yeah. Right. Yes. Or we can stay right. in, in that. I could have stayed in my woe is me, and the doctor could have given me uh, pills to make me feel a little better, but mm-hmm. that isn't who I am. Right, and I think people have to f- figure out who they are and and be the best person they can because people love them and want to be around them. So, well, like right? you said, you knew what the old Janet was—fun, mm-hmm. energetic, warm—and then you experienced this tragedy, and you weren't. You just flipped. It's sort of like you changed. So. Mm-hmm. I like that you agreed that we sometimes forget that we go to one person, uh, one authority uh, for help, and we sometimes don't question or read the signs that our own body tells us this is not right, I don't feel good with this person, I just need, and we have total freedom to change, to move to somebody that accepts us and, and is warm with us and willing to work through all of the different areas we want to. I really, that's, that's big, Janet, that you were able to realize that and move on to another person. Are you there? Oh, I think we might have lost Janet. But anyway. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to call her back and uh, get her on this phone because Janet has so many great ideas. She is an unquenchable thirst for knowledge, which is something that uh, she referred to. She didn't finish school, but let me tell you, she is a dynamite lady. So uh, the finishing school has nothing to do with how brilliant she is. Um And she loves to travel. So we always like to have her here in the States so that she can share her knowledge with um, uh, the people locally. Now, when we make a transition, and one thing that Janet brought up is the importance of knowing who you are. There are so many ways that we need to do that. Like, what do we believe in? And it all stems from where we are 
our family of origin. In other words, the family that you grew up in, the uh, beliefs of that family, the beliefs of that family in the part of the country they live in. Those are all how you identify and get to believe what we have, what I call core values. So anyway, that's what is a very important first step for you is that you need to get very clear about who you are. Through my genius program, that's one way you can go. Through working in many ways, you can do that. We will be back shortly with Janet. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. recording of our own voice, it always sounds different than we think. This is because the bones in our skull create a resonance from within that makes our voice sound deeper to us. But our recorded voice is how others hear us. I'm sure I'm not the first person who has uttered the words, I really don't sound like that. Do I? Margaret Thatcher famously underwent vocal training to lower her voice and make her sound more statesmanlike. Recently, British Airways polled Americans and Britons to see who they believed had the sexiest voices. Morgan Freeman was voted number one. If a judge loves the sound of his own voice, expect a long sentence. What's a word for a person who loves to hear the sound of their own voice? A philodox. It's marching down. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness, more self-love and less self-loathing, more joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to The Living Room, a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Janet Wizawadi, a dear friend who is a coach, speaker, workshop leader, radio show talk host, and has written been part written a book and so we're going to learn more from her as we in this hour um janet was kind enough to share her story about experiencing post-traumatic stress and um in that in discussing that in the first segment we talked about choice and the importance that we have in choice of realizing that we're not in the right space, the right space where we used to be, if it's a difference in in personality and depression and all of those degrees of transition. 
And then we also have choice in working with who we want to work with. Not every um, doctor, coach, whatever you're working with fits you. And knowing that and knowing that you have the freedom to choose the one that you enjoy working with is so important in helping your transition be smoother and enjoying it a little bit more. Would you say, Janet? Yeah, um, we really do. Life really is a choice, and that's one of my mottos. Life is a choice. So hmm. what choice am I going to make today? <laughs> right. Now, as one of, your, one of your tools that you used when you were recovering from your post-traumatic, post-traumatic stress, what were some of the tools? I know you, you're using some of those today because you found them so valuable. Well, I was very blessed to to find a really good psychologist, and Mm -hmm. um, she gave me some amazing tools um, to work with light, healing light, uh, um, journaling, uh, just energy tools that uh, she had me do. One one that was really interesting and, and might sound off the wall to some people, but I found it really interesting. She said that that my aura had lots of brown spots in it. And Mm -hmm. to imagine a screen. You know, a screen has those little holes in them, right? Right. And and so to to pull it down through my body, like imagine pulling it down through my body and catching all of those. And then putting it on the ground. Pulling your body. The light? Hmm? Pulling the light? No, the screen. The screen. Okay. You know, like your screen door or the screen yeah. you put on yeah. your windows, right? It's got those yeah. little holes. So right. it prevents stuff from coming in. So what it does, and, well, think of it as, you know, those people that uh, uh, search for gold, right? They put the gravel yes. through and they have the yes. little holes. Strengthening, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then to, just to pull it, imagine pulling it through my body, pulling it down through from my head right through and catching all of these brown spots that that aren't worth being there. They don't need to yeah. be there anymore. Right. And just to put the screen on the on the ground and, and let all of those dissipate into more positive energy. And mm. and that that was a really interesting one. I had like I say, I had a really uh, wonderful psychologist and as you know, I'm a little bit off the wall, a whirling dervish type of thing. I, I look mm-hmm. for things like that. And I, mm-hmm. Some of the traditional things don't work for me because I, I just don't see it that way. Well, you know, I think that's a, a wonderful visual, really. If you think in your meditation while you're doing meditation that you actually take that light in the screen and pull it through your body and the light following after it, that's such a beautiful, beautiful vision to well, experience. Yeah, and the other one was, um, if anybody does color therapy or anything, like green is healing light, right? Mm-hmm. And so she'd say, well, have a shower and imagine that it is, is this green healing light that's traveling over your body to remove all this negative energy and stuff and, and send it down the drain. And uh, so she gave me tools that worked for me. Now, these tools right. might not work for somebody else, so they have find what works for them and right. work with your psychologist or work with your doctor. And, and I, I, you know, I don't know, I, I can say I'm too old to work, but I was younger, younger even then, but I won't work with anybody that doesn't resonate with me. Even yeah. when I went back to university, I would not take a university course if I did not resonate with that teacher. If that professor didn't like what they're teaching, I'm not working with them. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that, Life's Janet. Life's too short. Well, I have sort of a similar story. I'm, I love to sing. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I have taken voice lessons. I sang in high school and, uh, had some traumatic experiences, you know, just stage fright, really bad stage fright. And I was in a workshop and this one woman, a young girl, she was a she was from England. She was a brilliant, beautiful singer, opera singer. And she shared with us that for years she had been searching for the right teacher, that she said she tried with some, but they didn't, they really didn't uh, think she had the talent. So she, she would, she really emphasized how the important it is. You don't take one person's uh, opinion you keep looking until you find the teacher that works with you. And so my story is I keep taking voice lessons, but I've now found the one that resonates with me. I'm so excited. Perfect. Yeah. And, and let's encourage other, our, you know, your listeners, please, please look what works for you. And like Jack Canfield teaches us, right? You're going to get nine no's before you get a yes. So just keep going because it's coming. (laughs) It's coming. Just keep going. Well, tell me about more about journaling because I hear so many people talk about journaling. Honestly, I have not done the journaling. So I would really like you to share more with my listeners about journaling, the importance of it. Oh, my workshops are fun. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you, it's really interesting how I became uh, a co-author in a book on journaling. And we both know Katerina Rando. She compiled the book I'm in. And it's called Power to Change. And I had met her and knew she was doing these. And I said, oh, I'd love to be in one of your books. And Uh so she phoned me one day. And I'm thinking, you know, my story and stuff. And she phones me and she says, Janet. I want you to write a chapter on journaling. I said, what? <laughs> journaling? <laughs> you want me to write a chapter on journaling? Wow. How had can I do done, that? Had you done journaling by then in your transition? Well, do you know what? I think that we all do, but we don't have the label on it. Because okay. when I started writing it, I realized how much I did. So I'll give you an example. When I get upset with my husband, mm-hmm. I used to get up in the middle of the night and write long letters to him. Oh. And then I'd leave it on his desk. Mm. And the next day I'd get up and I'd say, did you read the letter I left you? And he'd say, no, but do you feel better? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I always felt better. So yes. you know what? That's a type of journaling, right? Oh, and That wise and then, Les. He's so wise. Les. Mm-hmm. That's her husband, Wes, is her. Les. We're, we're going to celebrate 43 years of marriage in July. <gasps> Congratulations. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. I think I'll yes. keep him. Yeah. <laughs> he, says, he says he stays with me because he never knows what I'm going to do next. So it's kind That's of an adventure. True. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a Canadian Mountie, correct? He was. Oh, One of those gosh. nice, handsome Mounties in that red surge, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, okay, back to the writing, the, 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 back to the journaling. As you can tell, we're friends and we'll get off here. But, okay, the journaling. Because I do think, I really do think there is so much power in being able to write your thoughts. I, I agree on that. So 
So talk more yes. about the journaling. Okay, so so then another time where it happened, and, and I do that, and you you write notes and you write little stories or whatever, and and another time I was in a workshop and I was told this woman said to me, she says, Janet, you're not going to get better until you write that person a letter. And I was, uh, and it was my father. She says, you're not going to get better until you write him a letter. Mm-hmm. And and you believe he did something, and that's your belief. And, mm-hmm. and what happened in your growing up, get rid of it. Like all of us have that as kids, and uh, whether it's a parent or an aunt or an uncle or whatever. They, like my, my sister's. Ten and a half months younger than me, and my dad would say, "Well, how come you're not not as smart as your sister? You're older, type of thing." So, as mm-hmm. children, we take on this garbage, right? <laughs> That's and, it. That's <laughs> it. You got it. <laughs> and so I says, "I'm not writing my dad a letter." And she says, "You don't have to mail it." And I says, "Was was your dad still alive at that time? Because it's not yeah. really necessary." <laughs> yeah, he was. Here. Okay. All right. And so um, I ended up, and I, I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote, and and then I have a ritual I do now, and uh, I anoint when I'm doing release letters and, and stuff, and we'll talk more about that. I put a little bit of essential oil on it, and, uh, I, and I burn it and let the universe take care of it. And then I found a beautiful card, and I sent it to him because I got rid of all the garbage. Yes. Right. And uh, he passed nine years ago, and uh, we had a really good relationship. And, mm. you know, in the end. But there's things that we take on and we carry and we hang on to that we don't need anymore. Mm. And journaling is a tool to get rid of it. And whether you call it journaling or writing or, or <clears throat> you can name it what you want. But part of this journey of writing this chapter, I learned so much more about me. <coughs> Because I wrote lots of times. My husband and I took, uh, if anybody's heard of Marriage Encounter, we did it through a church, but it was a weekend away just Mm -hmm. for couples who wanted a better marriage. And we've been married probably 10 years, probably 11, 12 years. And um, so we went to this, and Les didn't really want to go. I sort of dragged him to these things. And we're sitting there, and there's a couple, and there was a, uh, in our case, there was a priest, and and they would have a question, and they'd each read their answers to this question, and and okay. then Janet, I want you to stop here because I want I don't want to get in the middle of your story, and we are just about needing to go to break, but the journaling part that she's telling us today i think is really important but i mean it's, it's a way to communicate it's not always important that the person that you're writing to read the document as you can tell through janet's uh discussion it's more important to get it out of you and putting it on paper even adds power to it so Getting it out of you, putting it on paper, and opening your heart and letting it pour forth is what you really want. So that means that you can send letters to people that are gone, they have died. So there's so much to do with journaling and the value of journaling. And when we come back from our break, we are going to, uh, Janet is going to complete her story about Wes, Les, and she at the marriage counseling. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. 
If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Think engaging in small talk with prospective clients before business negotiations is a good idea? A new study from Nova Consulting Group suggests that it all depends on whether you are male or female. The study found that a little chatter by female professionals before a meeting will generally produce a positive image but not always positive results. However, male professionals who begin negotiations with a little small talk usually glean favorable returns. This is because there is a preconception that women are already expected to be more communicative than men. And when a man makes small talk, he is perceived as friendlier and likable. But beware that babblery or gossip will only get you into trouble. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Janet Wizawadi, a coach and speaker and radio show talk host and an author of a book. And in that book, she wrote about journaling. So, Janet, continue with your story about you and Les at this marriage counseling weekend. Well, it's called a marriage encounter. And uh, we were at uh, this retreat place that was awesome and uh, nice and peaceful and mm-hmm. so they start um, uh, they give us a question mm-hmm. and uh, so they we each have 10 minutes to write on the question and we go back to our room and after we've done our 10 minutes they ring a bell and we exchange so we read each other's uh, what we wrote yeah and I'll give you an example uh, less than I their question was about money and I wrote, Les doesn't take an interest in the bills or anything like that, and it's very frustrating to me in that. And he wrote that I wouldn't let him. <laughs> and and so here here's the key yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. We can verbalize it, right. but when we're taken out of the equation, we could write it. Mm. And in reading each other's, we understood that we were both wanted the same thing, but we're speaking a different language. Yeah. And so... Journaling with children or couples and that it can be really powerful and helpful, especially when um, there's a psychologist, Sarah Sahir, I think her name was, who wrote about body language and, and, you know, NLP and stuff, right? Our body language and how we use our words. 
if you're in a relationship with somebody who is a touchy-feely and another one who is just verbal, you're not speaking the same language and you can get confused. Right. Yeah, really can. And I think Mm -hmm. that type of communication is so common, not only in the marriage, which which it's very common, but also in friendships. Uh, You Mm -hmm. can communicate a little bit better when you hang out with your favorite friends, but Mm -hmm. uh, your marriages, a lot of people have that in their marriages. I have interviewed a marriage um, counselor, and she was emphasizing communication, communication, communication. Uh-huh. So it's a great uh-huh. way to communicate. Now, tell us a little bit about your routine, or how do you journal in your life? How do you use it every day? Do you well, do it every there, day? I don't do it every day. And in saying that, I probably write something every day, but intentional journaling I I don't necessarily do every day. Um, but there's one of the, the tools that I like and I try to do, I, uh, I have my book down and we'll get into a quiet space, And is uh, Julia Cameron has a book called The Artist's Way, and she uses morning pages. She talks about morning pages where you write three full pages and uh you, it's not timed or anything, but you do not quit writing. If you can't think of what to write, you write, uh, I don't know what to write, I don't know what to write. And uh, amazingly, different things come up. And um, I don't know if you remember our exercise we did with Jack, right, where what do you want, what do you want, what do you want, and it went on right. for 10 minutes, just the same right. question. So in this same way, you never know as you keep going writing and going deeper and you don't know what you want, and then all of a sudden something new will come out. But yeah. I use it as a way of parking. If you wake up in the morning and think of all the things you've got to do and you're trying to run it through your mind so you don't forget, if you've written it down, it's there. You know, I can leave it go now because I know it's in a place that if I really, really, really want it, I can go back and look at it. Right. Well, the thing and, about having to write three pages kind of just turns me off. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm not a three-page writer. I mean, it just I understand just being able to throw the words on the page. You don't even make sentences. You just put it out there. Maybe it's a to-do list. Maybe it's a um, forgiveness list. Maybe it's a gratitude list. All of these different types of lists are considered different types of journaling, correct? Yeah. And, and it's amazing, though, the growth that comes from those three pages. Well, okay, but it could stop me. <laughs> I don't want anything to stop me, Janet. So if I could break it down into baby steps, wouldn't that be better than not? Yeah, and, and the thing is, is and it's one thing nice about doing a workshop, there's so many different ones, and, and I've got in my chapter, I outline different ways to journal. You can journal with couples. You can journal journal with your kids. So you can journal with with yourself and and gratitude journals are are awesome right they they're so powerful and i think what stops people and i know if you go back to especially women uh our age or or even in this day and age i don't know whether they still do it you get those little for a birthday present you get those little diaries with the lock right oh yeah and I can remember as a kid that my my little friend and I we found her sister's old her older sister's diary and we read it. And so I wouldn't write in a diary. 
Yeah, well, you broke trust. Somebody's going to read, but that's <laughs> different today, being older and understanding the healing part of it and, and the benefits of it. That's a, a total change. There's so, a man who wrote. Janet, I have a question about one thing you said. Journaling yeah. as couples and journaling as friends and with kids, what does that mean? Does that mean you all sit down and write in a journal, or does that mean you send a journaling back and forth, like a written com- communication? Yeah, I, I was very interesting. Um, people who want to even play at this uh, to try it. I was in a 90-day journaling challenge on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of the women was having trouble with her teenager, communicating with her her uh, teenage son. And yeah. one day she just she got a journal and she just wrote in the journal to him and mm-hmm. left it on his pillow. Ah, and okay. didn't didn't say anything, didn't say anything. And the next day she found it on her pillow and he'd written in it. Oh, that's that's. So, yeah. yeah, she said it was it was awesome because nobody is judging then, right? Right. You're not judging and it's like the letters I used to write to Les. Right. And I and he very well could have read them. I don't know, but it, it's like if you're angry with somebody and this can be that's like the letters I said where you burn them. This person may have no idea what they said to you to upset you. Yeah. So why send them a letter? telling them all the angry things you're thinking about them when they've right. long time ago forgotten about it and it's only you hanging on to it. Yeah. Sometimes that can create defense mechanisms, mm-hmm. you know, defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going, mm-hmm. well, that's not what I said at all. You know, that exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. And, and it's, it's us, right? Like, let's mm-hmm. deal with our own stuff and let's get rid of it. And But in, in that sense, and with couples like Les and I did for a long time, and we have occasionally when we will take time and we've written, uh, and it well, I call it like a journaling entry, is where do you want to be in five years? And yeah. we all play imagination games, right? We all dream and that. So we both wrote for this five years, where we want to see ourselves in five years. Yes. And then we did the same thing. We used that tool quite a bit, actually. We exchanged and read each other's, and then we talked about it. Well, mm-hmm. Les and I are so connected on where we want to be. We may in the middle not always be on the same page. but You're going to take a different I've, trip. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's what makes it work, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote that I was packing to go on a world cruise. Yes. And he wrote he was sitting on the balcony of our world cruise. Oh, so that's how so- cool is that? Oh, that's wonderful. You're mm-hmm. pretty connected, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, we well, can't always verbally communicate. But <laughs> well, I guess uh, journaling would be better than texting, correct? Yeah, and I'll, I'll go back to that because you were talking about uh, um, communicating and, and writing and that. But, you know, years ago, I have pen pals, and we would write letters to, to different people and that. And I'm sure that as an 11-year-old, I wrote stuff to, the, to my pen pal that I would never have given to anybody near me mm-hmm. uh, in, in person because there's a distance, right? Mm-hmm. But I think with... 
when we handwrite, and, and you can type it too, but I like handwriting. I really talk about it, how it, I think it goes from, from uh, your, through your arm, through your hand, to the paper from your heart, not so much from your head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, and it can be done typing as well, but I think that we, because we abbreviate so much and we don't full, use full sentences in texting and, and our vocabulary isn't as extensive, I don't right. think. Now, I yeah. could be wrong. Yeah. And so we tend to chop off stuff. So somebody will get a misconception. You could send, uh, same thing, a text right. that says one thing and you mean it, but that's not exactly, if you really were going to look at it, that's not how it came across. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I was, would you suggest for beginning that you set a time limit or or use the three-page thing that the lady well, recommended? Do you know what? It depends on the person because, as you know, I'm a shift worker. So for, for saying I'm going to get up at 7.30 every morning and write my three pages doesn't work because I might be at work at 7.30 or I might just be coming home from work at 7.30. Yes. And and so the morning pages, I, I do like them when I make the time to do them. And uh, it's amazing how quickly the time goes. But I've used them in the middle of the day. If I've had a challenge in the middle of the day and I can't seem to get doing anything else because it's running through my head, I'll sit down and write them. Yeah. I'll just write and do my three pages. But and and when and as you know I do house sitting sometimes and what I'll do is I'll leave my uh, book out on the table and I'll have done my three morning pages and then there's that fourth page that's empty, right? Because if you're right. doing it, I do it in a, uh, a scribbler. Uh-huh. And so I use that throughout the day and when I think of something I'm grateful for during the day and I walk past it, I write it down. Yeah. So there's no right or wrong way of doing anything. It's just to start, like... Um, start with, uh, I don't know, you look at a tree or you remember, I'll give you an example. I was driving uh, to, um, uh, you remember, Denise? Yeah, we have a, we have a short time here, okay. so I don't want. Okay, so I was driving along and I saw somebody picking bottles in the ditch. And I remembered as a kid that we used to do that. Right. So little stories like that. Oh, I remember. Mm. Just anything. Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong way. And there's great books like Henriette and uh, Anne Klaus has a book, Write It Down, Make It Happen. That helps with your dreams. Like Nothing's impossible and it may not work the way you want it to, but it might work out better. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a brief break here and I hope you're getting excited about writing and starting a journal. When we come back, I'm going to share with you some of the um, information that I found about journaling, the person who has not journaled yet. And I know Janet will maybe massage it a little bit and tell me what she thought it worked or didn't work. So when we come back from this break, I'm going to share that with you. And Janet's going to embellish uh, the reading that I do. So we want, when we come back, we'll also talk about how you can find Janet transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. you ever wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law, you know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. 
Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscabobbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's Words You Never Heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your Words You Never Heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are talking with Janet Wizawadi today, and she has shared about journaling. She shared her interesting story. And before break, we were talking about, I wanted to give you some of the information I had found about beginning journaling, because as you know, I am beginning. And so this information said the, the most effective way or one of the most effective ways would be to do it daily for about 20 minutes and then begin anywhere and forget spelling and punctuation. Don't even mess with if you misspelled a word or if you forgot the period. Continue writing. Privacy is key if you, want, if you are to write without censor. Write quickly as if the Freeze your brain from shoulds and other blocks to successfully journaling. If it helps, pick a theme for the day, week or month. For example, peace of mind, confusion, change of aim, or anger. If you have an issue you want to take care of with a friend, or you have past forgivenesses that you need to work on, this would be a great way to start it. They don't need to read it. You can just write it. The most important rule of all is that there are no rules when you write. You have total freedom. She also says this provides a pretty cheap way of receiving therapy. So what do you think about that, Janet? Do you agree no, with that? No, definitely. And I think that we get too hung up on the punctuation. That, do you know what? It's, it's just to purge or just to write. And, and I, I give you uh, an example. I... Uh, 
couldn't sleep one night when I was at an e-women conference and I had a roommate in the hotel. I was under the covers and I had this idea and I got my phone out and I just typed into my phone this, and this whole story came out. Mm-hmm. And so the, I think that we get prompt every once in a while. Just yes. do it. You yeah. know, how many times you go to bed and you're thinking of something and you have this idea, just get out of bed and write it down. Writing down your ideas is like journaling your ideas, right? Yeah. Right. And uh, so... The, there's um, uh, different ways. When you talk about just uh, taking any topic, if you if you think of an idea or something you'd like to learn more about or journal, write it on a piece of paper and put it in a jar. And mm-hmm. collect these in a jar. And then one day when you are got uh, 20 minutes to write, make yourself a cup of coffee, pull one of these things out of your jar ah. and just, just write on it. Yeah, yeah, and, that'd be fun. And... That, that in itself is, you don't have to write pages and pages. I think we get hung up on that. Yeah. And, uh, this, this woman I know, and I've done it a couple times, I sign up with her and, and, uh, we all call into, uh, conf- whatever conference call. And, uh, she has a journaling challenge for us and she has a little bell she rings and, okay, <laughs> she says, okay, I've got your prompt for you. And when I ring the bell, you start writing. So she reads the prompt, whatever sentence it is, and yeah. rings the bell and then we write until we hear the bell again. Oh. And and do you know what? It was really interesting because on one of the times I was doing it, I was doing it in the kitchen, and there wasn't supposed to be anybody at home. And, and as it turned out, somebody was home, and they came in the kitchen. It was distracting to me because I'm writing, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it sort of broke that, and I came downstairs, and it's really interesting. I thought, well, I might as well quit now. And I thought, no, I'll just keep writing. I still got time. I went so much deeper in that question. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's it's stuff like that. And then right. there's a, a thing online, and I sent it to you if you want to share for your audience. And it's appleseeds.org, and it's 100 Benefits of Journaling. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also I know that uh, we're going to talk about my workshops and that, but I also uh, am a guest co-host with a man named Nathan Oren, and he's got a podcast called Journal Talk. Ah, uh-huh. And people send in questions about journaling, and uh, Nathan and I answer the questions. And awesome. he has other co-guests, and he interviews people about journaling. But he just recently interviewed Jack Canfield, so it was really cool. Yeah. How do people find that? Do they go to your website? Can they get the information from your website, or do you need to tell it to us right here? I'll tell it to you. It's called Journal Talk. And it's okay. journal journal talk podcast, and his name is Nathan Oren, O H R E N. Okay. And if anybody goes to my radio show now, he's I've got if interviewed him. It's uh, uh, if you go to tlrstation.com and you find Worldly Connections, then you can go and see the list of what my interviews are of people I've interviewed. And it's Worldly Connections. And, and Joyce, you're going to be on my show too soon. That's I am. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Now, you do workshops. You do a journaling workshop. But what are some of the other workshops that you do? Well, I do the journaling workshop. And then I do a, a dream board workshop, Power of Dream Boards. And... Um, 
their full-day workshops, and I've created some mini ones. So if somebody has a meetup, I can do, like, a, a smaller one uh, mm-hmm. for a meetup. And I'll travel anywhere. Travel anywhere. So, hey, Joyce, I think we're going to come down and do uh, yes. journaling and a dream board workshop, eh? Yeah. That'll be I fun. Think, how can you do both of those together? Are those? I do two different days. And they're re- okay. really powerful. If uh, you do, I do journaling on the Saturday and journaling our dream board on the Sunday, or you can do them a week apart. But they're really powerful because the journaling helps you narrow down what you're looking for. Yeah. And then the and then you're more intentionally working on your dream board. And a friend said to me one time, Jen, I'm just going to have you come, and I'm going to invite a psychic, and we're just going to do some dream boards. And I said. Uh, no, that's scrap looking. We're not scrap looking. <laughs> this is very intentional. And then, of course, like you and I both on Jack Canfield, and I use the success principles throughout the different uh, workshops I do. I do one, create a, a powerful year and a powerful review. Mm-hmm. So I've created different ones around all the trainings that uh, we have. We all bring in that in, right, Joyce? All the different ones you say. We bring in the pieces that fit best with us. Yeah, right. Yeah, we I mean, there's so much information out there, good information that yeah. we use in our lives. And, I, you know, I am so excited about the journaling because it's not a tool that I've used. There are several that are I've, other things I've used, but not that tool. And I keep uh-huh. hearing, particularly about the gratitude journal, how important the gratitudes are in it for us to express in our lives. It opens up more gratitude, more generosity to come to us. Yes, and one thing that, and I think it was Jack that taught me this, I'm not sure, but what I've done in the in the gratitude one, there's a man who wrote a book, 365 Gratitudes, and how it totally changed his life. He wrote one every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But uh, on one side, I don't have a huge journal for that. It's a smaller one. I use the secret journal, actually from The Secret, the movie, she put out a journal. Yes. And so on one side, I write what I'm grateful for today. And Uh on the next side, I write what I'm grateful for in the future, but in present tense. Oh, that's great, Janet. And, you know, you only write about five things, but there's good things that happen throughout our day. Mm -hmm. And so write them down. But one of them, and I open the journals when I'm doing my journal workshop, I'll go to one of my old journals and I'll open up on the what I'm grateful for today uh, or what I'm grateful for in the future in present tense. And I opened one, uh, my last workshop, and it was I'm very grateful that my nephew and, and his wife had a healthy baby. And because they had had tests done and they thought she had Turner's Mm. syndrome. And uh, she's a healthy four-year-old now. So whether my magic touched on that, I don't know. But I don't care. It doesn't matter, right? She's healthy. Yeah. I don't know, Janet. I was surprised when I, the very first time that I was introduced, and that was not too long ago, about writing forward, gratitudes forward which is mm-hmm. what you just dem- talked about. You write yeah. about what you're, grat- you're gra- grateful for that you're experiencing now, but also it's that expectation that I'm grateful for the future, and that's a way of visioning what you're yes. going to have. Yeah. Yes, because you put that intention there, right? Yes, yeah. That's really powerful. So what's- it's doing it backwards. 
Yes, it does. So what's happening for you? I know the radio show is fairly new for you, and I'm so looking forward to being on your show. Um, but what do you have some things coming up that you're – you have workshops coming up and things like that? You live in Canada, but you do travel to the United States. I do, and uh, right now I've got two coming up at the end of the month, the 23rd and 24th of April here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And we do have we do have hotels, and actually, where I where I do my workshops is uh, they do have rooms there. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> wants nice to come up, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the future holds. Next year, I'll probably do more retreats. Yeah, um, I'm long term visioning, and uh, the the goal is to get the, especially the journaling workshop on uh, a webinar yeah. uh, in the future, cool. and. Uh, but I also uh, have started taking calls. So rather than um, doing uh, coaching online, so uh, conversations with me. Uh, I have a three-step thing. Uh, what's your challenge? Uh, here's some solutions. And uh, at the end of the call, what's your takeaway from the call? And what's your next action step? And how can I help you? Yeah. So your and, website, uh, quickly tell us your website. We're just coming to the close of our time. Okay. But your the website, website is? Uh-huh. Is uh, Family Connect. And Connect is spelled C-O-N-N-E-K-T dot com. And uh, I, and when you say family connect, people say, well, it's family. Do you know what? We are a human family. We Come are. On, let's all work together. Well, thank you so much to be part, being part of this radio show today because, you know, it's so much fun to talk to friends. And when they have such great information to share, that's even more enriching. So thank you, Janet. Thanks so, for having me. Yeah. So I hope that you, dear listeners, will really consider Start journaling. It can open you up and really take care of some of that frustration that you may be carrying carrying with you. You can talk about the gratitude of the expected future that is coming your way and for the gratitude that you experience every day. It's important that we be thankful for who we are and what we are learning Thank you for tuning in today. Take this good stuff and put it in your life. Until next week, I hope you have a beautiful experience. For another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services and 